0: Piping hot. So grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at Cayman Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands.
1: had a Dorito in chocolate fountain.
2: I have not. They did That's not good. have Doritos there for the chocolate fountain.
1: That's good.
2: <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I uh, I had a few few bites before the it. before the thing opened up. Pretty tasty. I love it. Again, slumber party back. It's coming up on Saturday night, September eighteenth, with Kiss FM. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake
3: and Darren's spilling the tea with Sandy.
2: K-man's top news headlines of the day from C.M.R good morning sandy
1: morning morning, morning. oh sandy sandy's,
2: sandy's grabbing coffee morning it's just us hello CMR crew what's how that? are you
1: are just we want to uh, say yeah. a,
2: a a great morning to you on this Thursday and as we wait for sandy to uh put some stir her coffee
1: see what's going on out there in the world of hey yeah. man what hap- what was yesterday about
2: oh by the way tomorrow and I'm gonna ask sandy when oh, she gets okay. on uh yeah, yeah, it, we're going back to uh, Old School Fridays is tomorrow on the show. It's oh, yes, Friday Sam. already.
1: That's right. We're
2: going back to the year 1991. 1991. 1991. There's some good music in 1991. Yeah, so, yeah there was. So tomorrow, bring your A-game with a song, and we'll play it for you. Good morning. Um, morning. Good morning. One of the number ones, well, the number one song for uh, 1991 was Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do oh, It For You.
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. Isn't that like Robin Hood. I no, see.
2: it wasn't Robin Hood. It was um,
1: Prince of Thieves, wasn't it? No, no it wasn't. It, it was.
2: Uh, oh, what was that movie? It was. I know. I can see his face. He was in it. Um, Don Juan DeMarco. Oh,
1: it was Robin Hood.
2: Don Juan DeMarco. Isn't oh, that, that was it. I'm pretty sure. Don Juan. De, I don't know how I
1: remember. Robin that. Hood, Prince of Thieves, 1991, love theme.
2: Oh, that was the theme song?
1: Yeah. Everything. Robin Hood, Prince of oh, Okay.
2: Sorry. Aaron was, was he, right.
1: What's Don Juan. Say it again.
2: <laughs>
4: <just> yes, <laughs>
1: 1891.
4: I'm pretty sure I was graduating from high school in 91. Wow, that's some throwback memories, right there. Yeah, we're about the
2: same age.
1: Yeah, I think you're a little Whoa. bit
2: older than me. <laughs> I am a little older. What well, did you? Graduate? Yes, you are a little bit older. 1988.
1: You graduated from high school. High school in '88.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then Sandy, you graduated when? 90? 91. 91. So you were 91. Okay.
4: Yes. I was in right. Tampa and you know, what was so interesting about 91? I, I, I'll i never forget it. You know, we were all like in our AP classes and whatever. And a lot of kids were scared because they were going to Gainesville, um, UF, yes. And um, at that time there was a serial killer on the loose in Gainesville. So a lot of the kids oh who decided to go to Gainesville.
2: We were just were talking like, about, um, what was we were, we, oh, we were talking about, you know, do we remember? I used to live in D.C. Oh yeah, and we were talking about how Ida uh, and a bunch of tropical storms always end up in that that East Coast area. Mm. And did I ever remember storms hitting the East Coast when I lived there? Yeah, and and I don't really remember any storms except for one. Mm. And it was the same year, uh, two thousand one, same year of nine uh, eleven, anthrax in the mail. We had the uh, D.C. S- sniper. And then there was a there was a tropical storm. It was a tough oh year actually, yeah, no, in yeah. two thousand one. Sometimes you DC. yeah.
1: Sometimes you think twenty twenty is the worst year, and then you go back <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah and then I, I moved. And then you moved. Yeah, I moved. I moved. And then you moved. I moved yeah. shortly thereafter. I was like,
4: yeah. I'm you out. Had enough of the DC area. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a very interesting time. You know, I think there's just certain times in your life where you remember certain things, um, just transitional f- uh, phases. And obviously going from like high school to college is a big move for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people are staying in state. I was staying in state. I went to USF. And then there are people who are going to go all the way half around the, the country. Um, so did they catch so, the serial
2: killer in Gainesville? I don't know. Yeah, one.
4: there was. I it was on the loose. Oh, okay. um, I can't remember his name right now, but he was doing, like, campsites and stuff. Yeah. But he was yeah. right around the yeah. university. Good. So, I feel
1: like I remember that from America's Most Wanted. I was eight, by yes. the way. Yeah. I was watching. Let me see if I that. can tell you who
4: he is. Um, <laughs> but mean, everybody, uh, everybody was, like, I remember all the kids, like, we would be watching the news. and. Um,
2: yeah, I'm going to do a gap year this year. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to stay no, they
4: were just like uh you know, when, oh, the, when, when the I don't DC sniper I really was, want to go there again.
2: <laughs> right. When the DC Sniper uh, was around
4: Daniel Rowling was his yeah. name. Oh yeah, I've heard that. The okay. Gainesville Ripper. That's
2: right. ah. And it was I mean,
4: university students that he was actually killing. And I think that's why
1: they were like super scared.
2: The DC sniper would target people filling up at gas stations. Yes,
1: that's what it was. That's that's why it was wild.
2: And it was in it was literally in the area where I lived. And so when you filled up at a gas station, uh, the gas stations would, you know, the awnings that come over top, like, you know, the, yeah. the roof or whatever, so they would drape these large blue tarps uh, oh, yeah. over so, the, so
1: that no one could see. So, so
2: nobody around a perimeter could see people actually filling up at the did pump. He ever,
1: I remember that, but did he ever end up shooting through those tarps? No. Okay. He needed wow.
4: to see his his
1: victims, apparently.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: That
1: was his, that's yeah, how he like, got his tricks, I, I think. Do remember remember the tarp thing. Yeah. Wow, I that's lived in wild. I lived
2: in Bethesda, Maryland, which is right in the inside the beltway in DC. And that's where he was terrorizing that whole area and I was, it was it was terrifying.
1: Yeah. Weird it was times. Nice. Weird times. You know, I and saw then they they, there. they're just there's um, just um, Yeah, they found Where, where were sleeping, you? Sleeping um, in a restaurant. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, Unsolved Mysteries is coming back next summer. Oh, I just love are that. You kidding? Uh, new, oh, my
4: uh, new, God. I yeah. used to love that show. It would freak oh. me out a little bit with the music, but I still couldn't help but
1: watch or, it. Or the stories. But, yeah, so the third season, which has been streaming, so you can watch the new ones, but it's oh, on really? Netflix. Oh, uh, But the new one's not going to, the new season, if you haven't watched the other two, which I already have, uh, it won't premiere. It's I didn't the know there was a second 2022. season. Yeah, so there's two seasons of that okay, already. Well, we're now, into I that. didn't even know there was a reboot. <laughs> yeah, yes, there is, yeah. and it's
2: really, really done well. It's there's it's Nobody, yeah. nobody, in my opinion, can can host the show better than Robert than Stack, the original guy. Yeah, he, like he's he was the dead, best, isn't he? Yeah, he died, he, he, and then yeah. they oh, had this he was like so guy. old when he was
1: even doing the show. I know he was from Airplane, though, wasn't he?
2: Uh yeah, no, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he was. He was. The, yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. call me. Don't call me Shirley.
1: Yeah, sure. No, yes. that wasn't him. That's not him. No, that's not. But Robert he was Stack. in. But oh. Robert Stack was in Airplane at some point.
2: Yeah. Um, so here, here's a throwback
1: question.
4: Well, where were you?
2: The the reboot has no host, so they yeah they
4: don't,
2: which is which oh. is way better. Yeah, it's done really nicely. Scary. That's
4: weird. Mm. <laughs> I need to remember? go check it out. All right. So where were you when the um, shuttle blew up?
2: I was in um, I was in high school and I was actually watching the launch.
4: Me too. In, in I library. mean, I was in middle school, but
2: yeah, yeah. The, the whole class was watching. Yeah. Uh, so because, were we? Because the, because the the teacher was on board.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was like a
2: big thing to be in. in I was in Chicago in, in high school. Yeah. Uh, was it? was it
1: 1986? Uh, I'm to or
2: 1984?
1: Uh, that's what I'm trying to remember. I was, I was like really. Trying to remember. 86, 86. 86. 86. So I was three. And wow. I was, my mom was I'm like ironing here. and watching. Uh, it's 86. My, yeah. My mom said mm-hmm. I was watching it live on TV and you were like, I was a toddler. And I was at home <laughs> watching it with her. I was 16. Her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, 16. That Aaron was kind near
4: of young. I was, I was in the seventh grade. I'll never forget, just like you, I was in uh, science class with Mr. Jen Gentile was his name. He was kind of a weird guy. He had a tarantula in the classroom. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, we were all outside watching it. And then when it exploded, we we're kind of like, What is that? Is that supposed to happen? Like we didn't even know what was going on.
2: Yeah. yeah. We were all in
4: middle school, seventh grade. That's All right, Sandy, what do, you, what do
2: you have for us uh, news-wise?
4: Um, okay, so the HSA is calling people to verify they're, they're transitioning to, like, electronic um, information for the vaccine. Good. So they're going to be calling people, and um, I'll have you know that this press release came out as a result of we calling us calling them okay. because someone got a phone call, and they were like, afterwards they thought, have, have I just been, like, was this a hoax or someone trying to scam me? Yeah. So we contacted them and said, listen, we got this query. Um, The woman gave her information. And after the fact, she was like, oh, I don't know who that person was. So they've issued a press statement saying, listen, yes, people will be calling you. Um, They've set up a bunch of numbers to just verify. uh, They're going from manual vaccination records to doing the electronic medical records. And so people are just verifying.
5: Yeah, that's so if great. you get
4: a call from the HSA and there's the the numbers are up on their website. Just make sure it's in one of those numbers, and uh, it's legit. them.
2: there's there's ten different numbers they list.
6: Yeah, uh, most numbers. of
2: them are two four four numbers, and there's a there's one that's a nine two five number. I think that's great because you know what? That's going to be the way of the future. Uh, every place mm-hmm. you go, probably moving forward in our lifetime, including our kids, are going to probably have to uh, show verification of some type of vaccine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it's whether it's COVID or something that hasn't, hasn't presented itself yet. will.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this, this is not the first or the last pandemic. I mean, we have
2: yeah. to show vaccines for, but for our first. kids. When Every they go to school,
4: school right now that you apply to, um, they're like, send us as part of your application process, your vaccination record. Some places right. in the world travel so, to West Africa. And you know, you know what? I yeah. think that this is interesting that the HSA um, is doing this, but I think they should do all vaccination records electronically, to be honest. Take that. Oh big step. Sure. That'd
2: be great. It would
1: be so much easier because, I, I, you know, yeah. obviously, especially if people move around and get their back to compile it all yeah. together is such a pain. You want to go to a
2: concert? Got to show your vaccination. You want to go want to get on an airplane? Got to show your vaccination. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be the way of the future. And so, if you're yeah. not vaccinated, your 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 liberties, the things you're going to be allowed to do, are yeah. going to shrink.
1: Yeah, that which I is trust. why I, which is why I guess when people hear that they push back a lot because you know they're like it's my yeah, it's my choice, but it's, it's also yeah, not right, because you can stay every, home. it's like yeah, oh, but you it's go it go it is your. Here, here's the thing:
2: <laughs> I watched this video. Uh,
1: Meningitis. And somebody was saying scene. like.
2: The people that don't want to get vaccinated. Uh uh, Many are like, because they, you don't trust the doctors that created the vaccine to prevent you from getting sick. But when you do get sick, where's the first place you go? To the hospital to have Uh doctors cure you. So you trust doctors to cure you of the disease, but not, trust them to prevent you from getting it. That doesn't make sense. No,
1: it's just like the drug addicts who were fine shooting it makes up no heroin sense but not get a vaccine. It's like, yeah. None of it makes sense to me.
2: So i tell you what, all insurance companies yeah. should get together, and for those that aren't vaccinated, they should say, you know what, fine, we'll cover you, except if you get COVID and you go to the hospital, you're not covered.
1: Yeah. yeah. How do you do it? I mean, that. Why should everybody
2: else who does get vaccinated have to
1: pay I, a higher but premium I think what you, what- for, for those... I think it's going to be a higher premium for, and you
2: run up a hundred thousand dollar hospital bill,
1: just like what Delta or like American did. The Mm -hmm. unvaccinated staff have to pay two hundred dollars higher premium. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's coming. I'm pretty sure it's coming. And
2: there's more companies uh, Um, that will say that will require their employees to be vaccinated. Yeah, oh, for sure.
4: sure. So, speaking of that, um, Walker's law firm yesterday did uh, send out their um, position on all of this. Mm -hmm. So what they have done, it's kind of interesting. They're not mandating vaccinations, but they do want staff to tell them if they are vaccinated. And then for anyone who isn't vaccinated, what they're going to do is um, you have to wear a mask. So you have a choice. So there's always choices in life. So you can either show proof of vaccination or you can wear a mask and provide weekly um, PCR tests because they said, listen, we've got Great. 400 people in and out of our building at least every single day. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about what Walkers is doing, which I think is very interesting, is it's not just staff, it's any visitor to the building. So suppliers, visitors, anybody coming into that building, mm-hmm. you have to, one, show proof of vaccination, or two, wear a mask. And, and here's the point
2: I brought up yesterday, because nobody's talked about it yet, uh, for, for businesses. So what happens if somebody... So we're all vaccinated here at broadcasting. But what happens if somebody comes in once we open the borders and they come to work and they have symptoms and then they 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 find out that they have COVID. I mean, we're
1: doing radio interviews.
2: Yeah, we so do radio. Exactly. What if somebody comes in the building, uh, mm-hmm. an employee, and, and we find out that they have COVID now are do do they have to go home and quarantine?
1: We will. There's Everyone. no,
2: there's been no law.
1: Well, I think that that's that what... says
2: that that's what you need to do. The the yeah. company yeah. can't make you do that. It's It's got to be government that says mm. you have to me. Ah, there's yes, been,
1: that's a good question. There's but if nothing... you think about it, the responsible thing to do is everyone's yes, gonna that have would to be the responsible thing the, to do. Well, but people, but this is but we why we know that premium, all people
2: are not responsible. 100%. In this world. I get what you're yes. saying.
1: This is why the premiums are going up, like for going back to the airline who was telling her is I mean even though you're vaccinated if you employees come in will be out of the office if now.
2: you come in the studio and you you've got covid-19 I don't want to sit 2 feet from you every morning while you go through it.
1: What no, are we going to put up like plastic and it, and partition it takes, and, and we're take it it home own to own my box?
2: to my unvaccinated child, you exactly. know I Exactly.
1: Mean? Exactly same. Um maybe we should partition the whole place off with a uh, plastic that sounds bad. Now we're going to suffocate. But
2: <laughs> <holes> <laughs> do your here. show from a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, There's a lot of. That's that's
4: kind of what I do right now. But um, listen, uh, it's a good question. I'm actually I was just typing it so I don't forget it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think we should ask that question for sure. Like, what will the protocols be? Because, you know, over the weekend, we haven't delved into this and a whole lot of detail yet. But over the weekend, there were a number of housekeeping um, crew at the Moritz in East End that um, their supervisor told them to go and clean uh, rooms where where people who were quarantined had just come out of. And now as a result of that misstep, they are in quarantine for -hmm. 14 days.
1: Wait, clean them while they were quarantining?
4: Well, they had just come out of the rooms, but the protocol is that um, a professional cleaning company at a higher standard and with COVID, I guess, equipment and whatever... Uh, come in and do a deep cleaning of the room after someone has stayed in there. And that didn't happen. They sent their regular Mm. housekeepers in and the regular housekeepers are now in quarantine
2: because of it. That's not cool. Not at all. All right. Did they just
1: clean the room and then just move in?
2: (laughs) Yeah, what is that? Lots to chat about. Sandy, uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. Don't forget, 1991 for Old School Fridays tomorrow. 1991, all All right. right. We're going Cash, way right back now to it. on Facebook and YouTube, and we will see you. Thanks, tomorrow.
4: guys. Have a good one.
2: You too, Aaron, What you got coming up?
4: All right, folks. 1991. Woohoo! Where were you in 1991? Like I said, I was finishing high school and getting ready for university. I graduated. I was a high school graduate, class of '91. That was a fun year. We did lots of fun stuff. We took a Disney trip. Um, I didn't do prom, but of course, there was a traditional prom. You get to choose your class ring and gown and Oh, there's so much pomps and stuff around graduating um, from high school. It's it's a very memorable time, I think, in a young person's life. Good morning, Sora. Good morning, Ervalyn. Jamie's here. Um, Felicia, Marshall, Britta. Good morning to the beautiful Grace. Lester says he's watching. Weewee's watching too. Buenos dias, Elizabeth. Bishop Hero Blair says, good morning, family. Looking forward to the cautious reopening of the islands. Keep safe, everyone, and get vaccinated. Some good advice there. Um, Please don't forget, speaking of vaccinations, you know that there is this uh, DMS drive to give away $100,000 to a vaccinated individual. And today, they're actually going to be giving away $1,000 for referring a friend or loved one. So now is your opportunity to uh, go out there and get vaccinated. So let me tell you where the clinic is today. Um, They're no longer at the airport, folks, because there's a lot of stuff (laughs) going on at the airport, some changes there. So I do have the vaccination schedule. So tomorrow, $1,000 refer a friend campaign. Um, so they're going to have a special on-air guest, which is Honorable Minister um, Sabrina Turner. She'll be calling the lucky winner. So all you have to do is tune in to Blake and Aaron every Friday morning at eight o'clock. Um, so basically, you just grab a friend, go get vaccinated, and then you could win a thousand dollars, or you get put into the winnings for the hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. Um, so that's interesting because I've got a friend, I've got one person, I'm gonna check in with her and see if she wants to get vaccinated. Now, she she's a little bit of an interesting person because um, she's one of those people that I see her reading a lot of stuff online and kind of like, she's on the fence, she's buying into it one minute, next minute she's like, no, I'm gonna get vaccinated, next minute she's like, I don't know. And it's just like, uh, I'm not sure if I wanna take you because she, she's one of those people who would buck her toe and want to blame it on the vaccine. Like she was actually sick last week and she put on Facebook that she wasn't feeling well, she was sick, blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, I said, you know, I'm glad that you got sick now ahead of us deciding to take you in because you would definitely be blaming the vaccine. And she's like, oh, you try and stop Sandy? And I said, no, I'm very serious. Uh, you would be blaming the vaccine. And I mean that a thousand percent, she would be. And you see, this is the problem. Sometimes people are having uh, psychosomatic um, illnesses. In other words, they are uh, making themselves sick because they are so overly worried about, um, see, this was her post on August twenty eighth. 20th. It says, it's like, I can't taste or smell anything. It's been this way for the past three days. My elbow and my wrist on my left side is, are both hurting me really, really bad. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I mean, nothing to do with the vaccine for sure. Somebody said, oh, that's old age. Don't worry, gal, you still don't feel better. And I said, legit, thank God you not get that vaccine yet because you'd be blaming that. Um, And I said, you see how coincidences can happen, but you'd swear it was Pfizer's fault. And this is exactly what people are doing. You know, your body starts to fall apart. Like you guys know right now, I've had an issue with my shoulder a tennis elbow, uh, t- a torn meniscus, all this like started to happen. All on my left side, by the way, like I'm literally falling apart on one side. And you would swear if I were an anti-vaxxer and if this had been happening uh, post a vaccine, I'd be like, oh my God, it's, it's taken out my shoulder. Now my elbow is gone and my knee it gave me a torn meniscus. Y'all would be blaming everything. Speak of my elbow. Look at this. I have a little spot right here. I don't know if you guys can see this. It's like the skin has like the pigmentation in that spot is gone. It's really weird. Um, It's like considerably lighter. It's kind of hard to see on camera, but it's considerably lighter than the rest. You see right there. It's like that little spot right there. And um, I don't know what would have caused that. So I'm going to go to the dermatologist and figure out, Johanna so funny. I'm gonna try to see if I can figure out what that is. I think it's actually because of an injection, not COVID, hello, not the Pfizer vaccine, but I actually got an injection in my elbow um, for the tennis elbow. And it kind of feels like when my elbow stretched out, that is on the edge of um, like the, the little elbow cupping or whatever you'd call that area. And I think that's where I got the vaccine. It would have been a steroid shot. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe, um, you know, maybe that's the injection shot. Maybe that's one of the side effects of getting a steroid injection in your elbow is it kind of removes the pigmentation from that area. I don't know. I'm not jumping to any conclusions, folks. So I'm going to try to get an appointment with the dermatologist, shall um, you know, that's like months ahead kind of thing. Um so yes, I'll try I'll try to find out. So listen. Uh Daisy says in 1991, she was just arriving in the beautiful Cayman Islands. How old were you Daisy, I'm curious. Daisy is one of those people that you look at her and you can never really tell how old she is because she looks like <clears throat> she never ages. Um gorgeous. Good morning, Miss Beulah. Good morning, Carmelie. Sora says, Shaman Moritz. Very, very shameful, to be honest, because I do not know how a supervisor all this time after COVID would be making that type of amateur um, decision, really. Louis, thank you for tuning in. Richie's here. Um, Lolita is joining us from Guyana. We got some fans in Guyana, you know. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. So good to see you. St. Martin, it being represented by Jonathan, Larry joining us from New York. Wow, Ida flooded the parkways and commuter trains. Unprecedented flooding. I cannot believe that Ida has made it all the way to New York, first of all, and um, still presenting a challenge. Millions of people without power as a result of Hurricane Ida. She's no longer Hurricane, but she continues to ravish uh, everywhere that she's going. So the death count so far, folks, is up to six people. And they actually have an aerial view from space of the damage that Ida has actually done. So she's drenching New York and New Jersey. Central Park, listen to how crazy this is. Um, Central Park recorded 3.1 inches of rain in one hour. At tornadoes, splintered homes in New Jersey. What the heck? Uh, power's out. They have no fuel issues. Um, so there's actually a fuel shortage in Louisiana now where this uh, storm hit. Um, so the headlines this morning say Ida's wind driven remnants pummel the New York City region. Can you imagine? Uh, they've got footage from it. It's just crazy. um I'm going to see if I can pull up a little video here. It's just legit crazy. um Yes. Let me see if I can share this video. Hold on one second. Pull it over into my other screen. I'll show you guys uh, what's going on with Ida. She's just like, I'm still coming for y'all. um Here we go. Look at this. Tornado. Look. She's tearing everything up. So, folks, those are video clips from everywhere from Pennsylvania to New York to all over. And um, it's just shocking um, what Ida did. I mean, she just kept going and going and going. And she's like the little storm that never really stopped. Um, Maryland area, um, you know, New England. I mean, she just kept she just kept at it. I mean, it was just like, what the heck? Um, so yes, New Jersey, um, at least two deaths reported from the flooding, one in Queens and one in New Jersey area, um, flash flood emergency in New York for the first time. So the weather, the national weather service issued a flash flood emergency in New York city for the first time ever. That's what I did in. Yeah. So 1.94 inches of rainfall in the park during the tropical storm, Henry was, um, the last record that they had, and of course, Ida was setting uh, all kind of records at 3.1 inches in Central Park. Um, the mayor declared a state of emergency before 11:30 p.m., saying in New York City, uh, saying that New York City was enduring a historic weather event uh, with record-breaking rain across the city, brutal flooding, and dangerous conditions on their roads. And you saw that car, legit being stuck in the water. I mean. Imagine being in that car. What on earth? Um, so just before 1 a.m., the city issued a travel ban in effect until five o'clock this morning. And all non-emergency vehicles must be off of New York City streets and highways. You see, this is what we need. This is what we need. Pay attention, Key Man. Pay attention, Key Man politicians. This is what we need when we have a storm. It shouldn't be, oh, the police are asking you to not go anywhere. It should be a travel ban during storms and so forth where non-emergency vehicles must be um, off of the streets and highways. And uh, that was coming from the emergency management office. They posted it on Twitter Uh, A road through Central Park was dotted with cars that had been abandoned after getting stuck in floodwaters. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority advised customers in an email alert late on Wednesday that train service was extremely limited, this literally shut New York down for a minute, Um, if not even suspended because of heavy rainfall and flooding across the region. The system's website showed service was suspended across more than 18 subway lines. All New Jersey rail service, with the exception of the Atlantic City line, were suspended. That's according to the New Jersey Transit. And at New Newark uh, Liberty International Airport, they got 3.24 inches of rain um, between 8 and 9 p.m. Let me repeat that. In one hour... They got 3.24 inches of rain. And of course, as a result, the airport was experiencing severe flooding, uh, which they also posted on their Twitter account, um, confirming videos on social media that showed deep water pooling inside the airport. What the heck? All flight activity currently suspended, and travelers are strongly advised to contact uh, their airline for the latest flight and service resumption information. So wow, wow, wow. In Queens, uh, New York, in Jamaica, Queens, um, one person died and another person was taken to hospital after firefighters responded to reports of flooding. And uh, there's a tornado warning in parts of the Bronx. It's just crazy. And then after radar indicated a tornado had formed in the area, Um, Flash flood emergency, again, issued for a number of different areas. Woo, what a mess. Mm -mm -mm. Um, Even even the U.S. Open match at Louis Armstrong Stadium on Friday and Wednesday night um, has now, you know, was delayed because of of the storm. So life-threatening situation, folks, even as it continued to move for the north. It's just uh, quite shocking, really, because we kind of think that once a storm hits land, <clears throat> it disappears and, you know, that's it. But Ida had a little bit of a punch because she came in as a Category 4 storm when she hit Louisiana on Sunday, and now she has been downgraded to post-tropical cyclone, according to the National Hurricane Center, but she's been wreaking havoc all the way up. Yeah. <clears throat> so millions of people, I think, are still without power. There's fuel issues. There is, um, they're having all sorts of issues. Like, you chill, like, everything, everything's at a bit of a standstill um, <clears throat> in terms of the situation in Louisiana. You know the other thing that was really weird? I think it was Texas that somebody got killed by an alligator. So a few people sent me that headline, and they were like, Oh my God, Thank God that in you know, came out the most that we had to worry about in the water was a tarpon or whatever. Remember when we had the tarpons and um where was that in Windsor Park? I think that was the storm in November that we had because of the flooding um, <clears throat> they uh the tarpon came out <laughs> of the ocean and they made it uh you know, they made it in the neighborhoods, really. Um, So it's crazy. Um, The Mississippi River was flowing in reverse. Did you guys hear that headline? It's just so crazy. Storms can do the most unusual things. But yes, the river was moving in reverse. No power, no water, no gasoline was what AP News had up two days ago for people in Louisiana. Uh, it's pretty shocking, actually. And the devastation, I've seen some of the photos, um, the buildings, uh, it's just absolutely crazy. Um, I'll show you some of these photos. Hold on one second. <clears throat> these people are always trying to get you to sign up for something. One second. So um, look at this. Oops, that's the wrong one. Hold on. There we go. So uh, this is some photos here of the devastation. Look at that. Oh, my God. Are those bricks? What the heck? That poor car. That's a car, by the way. All the bricks fell on top of that. So that's a complete write-off. It looks like a building collapsed. And I guess this is what's left of it. Um, I don't know if it's a whole building or a portion of a building, but it's a lot of bricks. So there's that one. Uh, There's the remnants of a home in uh, Grand Isle, Louisiana. Jesus, look at that. Um, These homes look a little bit flimsy, though, I must admit. Uh, They are up and still, so I guess that's a good thing. But um, yeah, the whole top level of this home is gone. I hope nobody was there. But yeah, look look at this—all wooden remnants. Like, the whole top is gone. Like, that's that's a complete write-off. Some of these other ones here might be salvageable. I'm thinking. Um, my God, look at that house. Mm-mm-mm. They have some bricks, but their bricks don't look all that sturdy. Uh, I don't know. They look kind of, and this is people waiting in line at a convenience store on Tuesday in New Orleans. Um, So New Orleans has been left without power with the exception of those with generators. Um, Again, this is um, Grand Isle, Louisiana area. Whoa, looks like quite a few buildings are gone. Absolutely crazy. Oh my God! This is this was a bowling alley. Now it's obviously no longer. Um, that's in Homa, Louisiana. No clue where that is really, but power companies trying to get back to work and restore millions of homes with power. I feel sorry for them. Um, this is in. This is Tom's Marine and Salvage. And Baratara, Louisiana. Uh, It looks like it's more going to be Tom Salvage after that. Trust me. I don't know where the Marine was, but not much much there. And then this one is Grand Isles. Again, as you can see, all the power lines are down all over the place as people drive around a little golf cart there. Um, There's the Grand Isles supermarket. Um, Yeah, doesn't look good. People line up for gas in New Orleans with the little gas cans. My goodness. At least I could find some gas cans. That's pretty good. Looks like some people have a few. Um, look at that. Mm-mm-mm. That's Wagaman, Louisiana. Power lines just toppled over. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, we've had this here. A couple... Trees falling on people's homes. But this one, look at the roots on that tree. My goodness, look at how massive the root system is. And it just pulled the whole thing up. Speaking of which, folks, if you are still trying to clean up post-grace and you still have that tree in your house, please give Reliable Industries a call. They're the experts uh, with this sort of thing. Tree removal, debris removal. Um, They have the chipper, the electronic uh, gear, the technology to do it quickly. Um, A lot of people are pound foolish and, what do we say? You're, You're pound foolish and penny wise. So they're trying to save their pennies, but in fact, they're not because they find someone who says, oh, I can do that for you at $75 an hour. And you think, oh, great. And then it's like 10 hours later, they're still with the machete trying to hack away at one little branch. Uh, that's not what you want here, folks, get the professionals in there. They have the crew that can do it. The multi-person crew and the equipment to make it as um, fast and safe as possible. But yes, this is astonishing how it just ripped up that entire tree, but we've seen some of that right, right here in Cayman. And that, listen, that wasn't a category four storm. Um, Here we have volunteers of the committee for better New Orleans Uh, serving food in a neighborhood there in New Orleans so that people can eat. It's awesome to see people come together. Uh, This is a grocery store in New Orleans as well. Uh, Granny needs to put on her mask, especially this one in the green shirt. She's standing up there like she doesn't have a concern in the world. Mask up, Granny. Look at this flooding. Wow. This is La Fourche, Paris. I don't even know where. I don't know a whole lot about Louisiana, believe it or not, but... They've got substantial flooding. Mm -mm -mm. Here's a little video. So they said the levee system worked.
7: delivered catastrophic wind surge and rain across southeast Louisiana. Almost the entire southeastern part of our state is without power presently. And sometimes you hear, you know, million people without power. It's about 1.1 million homes and businesses. It's well over a million people. I don't have a precise number for you. Uh, If there is a silver lining, and today it's kind of hard to see one, it is that our levy systems really did perform extremely well. We don't believe there was a single levy anywhere now that actually breached the failed. There were a few smaller levies. Uh, that were overtopped to some degree and for some duration of time, and that did result in uh, some people's homes uh, being flooded. Uh, but they did not fail; they, they overtopped in a in a few areas.
4: Wow. Well, a bit of good news there. Um, the levees uh, held up this time. It's crazy. Um. So someone has mentioned this MU variant. So, you know, I saw something yesterday in the news about this, folks. And one of the reasons why um, we wait a little bit uh, sometimes with this news situation is we need to actually get more um, details. So there's just not enough information. Like literally there was like one story about this yesterday, um, five hours ago. There's not a whole lot that they know. We've had other ver- variants other than Delta variant, by the way. Obviously, we're all the way down to M. So you go through the alphabet and you can figure out how many, how many variants that we've had. Not every single variant is um, one that's going to, um, you know, be making records. But here's the what the World Health Organization has to say. This is going to become the norm. You're going to be seeing variants. So you probably um, shouldn't panic any more than you're panicking about um, the Delta variant, to be honest. So yes, the the World Health Organization has named a new variant of interest is what they're calling it. It's called, I guess they're pronouncing it the Mu variant and it was first found in Colombia in January. So it's not all that new, (laughs) you know. Um, January of 2021, here we are in September. And there's a reason why you wanna wait because you wanna see what's gonna happen. So Lambda and some of the other variants Um, have not spread at the rate at which the Delta variant has. So that's why the Delta variant remains a dominant variant. Uh, Although, you know, there've been other variants that have come after it. So we wait until we have um, more meaningful information to provide, Uh, but so far the Mu mu variant has been detected in 39 countries. Um, It has changes, obviously it's mutated. And it says that that means that it might be able to evade some of the protection that we get from COVID vaccines. So this is where everybody's like, oh, my God, the vaccine isn't going to work. Calm down. Let me read what it says. It has some mutations, which means it might be able to evade some of the protection. And what we've said on this program time and time again is that some protection is better than zero protection. And here's what they're saying, that one assuring element is that despite being around since January of 2021, it doesn't seem to be out-competing Delta. That's the point here, folks. So Delta still remains a dominant variant across most of the world. And they go on to say, if mu was truly a really bad variant, we would have expected it to have started to see, we would have expected to have started to see indications after this. And the experts are saying that they really haven't. So that's that's eight months. So calm down. It's not new, like it just came out yesterday. It's actually been around um, since January. And again, please keep in mind um, the four variants of concern are the alpha, the beta, the gamma, and the delta.
8: Mm-hmm.
4: And we have four other variants of interest, and that's what this particular one: the uh, eta, iota, kappa, lambda, and now the mu variant. Mu, mu. Okay. Uh, so it has mutations that might confer some of these properties. It says, but evidence is still emerging. So we wait. We wait on the evidence. Um, you know, first uh, identified in Colombia. And so um, there is a possibility that uh, the the vaccines may not be as um, useful against it, but here's what it said, that most COVID vaccines target the spike protein of the virus, uh, which it uses to enter cells and our vaccines um, expose our bodies to part of the virus commonly the spike protein, so our immune system can learn to fight the virus off if it enters. If a variant has significant changes in the spike protein, this may decrease the effectiveness of um, our vaccines. The World Health Organization has said that preliminary evidence suggests that the mu variant could partially evade the antibodies that we get from vaccination. Mm -hmm. But because this data is from lab studies, we can't be sure how the variant will actually play out in the population. So we just have to wait and see. All right. Tracy, Larry took a day off because of flooding. Um, Can we get an update on the police officer charged on drug allegations and the guy from immigration for misconduct, the police officer, the prison officer, no update. The police have not said a word, (laughs) not a single word. Uh, We send them queries and, uh, they don't say anything then either. So normally that means that their investigations are ongoing and they don't have much to say. But um, I will forward this to the PR person over at the uh, RCIPS, Tracy, and see if we can get another update. So some areas, Larry says, got nine inches of rain in New York. Lord have mercy. Miss Sue, good morning. Uh, Yeah, a lot of their homes are what we would consider sub- Car in terms of the material. But I guess for them, it's not that bad um, because they don't tend to get a lot of tropical storms. But when you do, mm, 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 mm. Um, you know, I'm always surprised at how quickly, like, you know, you watch these HGTV homes and whatever, and they do these renovations and they put in bathrooms and they move stuff around. They do it so cheaply. First of all, the cost of construction in the U.S. um, tends to be quite a bit less depending on where you're at though, to be honest. And, um, on top of that, they also do, um, put them up very, very quickly. And I gotta tell you the truth. I am, uh, shocked at how quickly they can build a house in the States. Um, a lot of times I look at their construction, I'm like, that house went up in like 12 weeks. How, how did that happen? Then when you see how quickly it comes down, you kind of get some insight there. Um, Wanda, thank you, sharing that she has some serious damage from flooding in Philadelphia and surrounding counties and tornadoes in New Jersey. Wow. Mullica Hill was hit by a tornado. My goodness. Um, Sue has the Ivan Book of Photos, says that that's uh, reminding her a little bit of that. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. So Lily of the Valley says, too much wickedness in this place called Earth. You all forgot the flood. Go read your Bible. Well, if that's the case, then the Earth has always been wicked from the onset from Adam and Eve, because we've always had floods and we've always had hurricanes and tornadoes. And, you know, um, you know, you need to look into how what you need to read about is how global warming and the things that we're doing to the Earth is impacting um, things like floods, and uh, we're going to have more and more of them as a result. So, Buenos días, uh, Senora Alba, or is it Senorita? Uh, thank you so much for joining the show. So, I came across um, a very, very interesting YouTube video last night that was so it broke my heart. And it is—I uh, don't know the length of it, but it's, it's worth a good watch. So, I'm gonna—I'm going to premiere it tonight at 8.30. In case you guys haven't noticed, we've been doing a series of videos um, all about vaccinations, specific really to the COVID vaccination. But this particular one is not specific to COVID. It's a little bit broader um, about people refusing other types of vaccines, which had started before the COVID outbreak, which is very, very interesting. So we'll play that at 8.30 tonight, Um, folks. Tune in for that. It is um, very interesting, the people that are out there. I need my back scratcher who are out there purporting to be experts and that other people are quoting and uh, relying upon for, for their decision-making. It's just um, quite shocking to be quite honest, but look at what the, um, what is his title? Is he prime minister of Canada? Is that his title? No, I feel like it's not prime minister. It's the premier. What what is his title? But anyway, here's, here's Canadian um, head of state. (laughs) Um, and what he had to say recently.
8: Canadians know that the way to get through this pandemic is for everyone to get vaccinated. So unless people have a medical exception, they will not be able to board a plane or a train in Canada if they are unvaccinated. That is about protecting our young people. It's about protecting Canadians. We are absolutely unequivocal on that because this is how we get through this pandemic.
4: All right. So there is Mr. Trudeau um, who has said that that uh, that's the position, Mr. Justin Trudeau of Canada. That is their position, folks, to even get on a plane or a train, you've got to show proof of vaccination. So one interesting thing, though, I think what this is going to mean is that um, a lot of the unvaccinated aren't going to be able to go anywhere, which is probably a good thing, because then that will keep them in a bit of a virtual bubble, where they're maybe less likely to interact with um, people who are high risk, you know, uh, Premier, thank you, somebody in WhatsApp just sent that to me. So Premier um, Justin Trudeau. So there you have it folks, no plane, no train, no travel for y'all airlines. Um, I suspect that very, very soon businesses, everything from restaurants, whatever will start telling you if you're not vaccinated that you can't come into their establishment either. So we'll see how that, um, that plays out. So Emma says, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a B of a hurricane season. Maybe God doing his part to control travel that is more likely to cause more deaths in the storm because of COVID spread. Um, don't be blaming everything on God, y'all. I don't know why. Um, Prime Minister of Canada. Thank you, Judy. He's not the premier, he's prime minister. I didn't think that they used the word premier um in Canada. Prime Minister, yes. Uh, thank you, Judy. Judy's Canadian, so I would expect her to definitely know. Uh, so listen, don't be blaming God and everything. God gave y'all common sense and medicine. Modern medicine for um, a reason, and you must utilize these resources. Um, so, someone else just messaged me and said, um, Sandy, did you uh, get a steroid injection in that area where you have the white spot? Because I did one in my wrist and it turned white, and the doctor told me that it was a steroid that caused it. And I think that's exactly what it is as well. I suspected it. And you know, I didn't even see it my daughter was the one who pointed out to me. She's like, mommy, what's that? And, and then I started obsessing about it. Cause you know, you get a little bit of OCD moment. And I was like, what the heck? Like it's, you see, it's like, it is a little white spot right there. And I'm like, how did that? But you know, my arm would have been straight obviously, cause they didn't want to go into the bone with the needle. So it would have been straight when I got the injection. And you know, since then I've gone to Camara Orthopedic. And I've spoken to The shoulder expert, the knee expert, the shoulder expert supposedly worse than the royal family. So they're like, you should feel safe with him. He knows a lot. And I thought, "Mm, okay. So he said that the treatments now for tennis elbow, which is what was going on here, is actually not to give you an injection anymore. I can still feel it. It's kind of the soreness is kind of still coming back in there. Still very much in there when I rub it. Right. So he said the treatment for tennis elbow is actually not to give you an injection anymore of steroid. It's, it's something else he was telling me about. And I was like, what? So modern medicine my apologies, is always emerging. They're learning new things. So for years, um, because I got an injection, a steroid injection at the HSA and the orthopedic surgeon visiting from overseas said, Hmm, that's not, that's no longer the recommended treatment because sometimes a steroid injection can actually make a situation worse. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah. He said in the shoulder, yes. And in fact, what they're now recommending with the shoulder, we're not gonna jump to surgery, thank God, but a second injection in the shoulder, but that is guided with an ultrasound so they can see exactly where they're putting the medicine because there's a very specific area Um, where they want to put it. So it seems like I have um, what they call frozen shoulder, basically old age child, not old, but older age kind of catching up with me a little bit. And so he said, it's actually a very common um, situation with the shoulder, but it is also very, very painful. And trust me, every night it is painful. I feel like in the morning until you kind of loosen up is when I feel it the most. A lot of times you'll notice me in the show, um, probably, you know, doing like really weird things at my shoulder. One home re- remedy that I've definitely noticed that helps is heat. So I have whipped out the heating pad, and I have been putting heat on it. And I notice I, I do get significant relief from the heat. So I'm going to be going to physio, not for physiotherapy, because he warned me against doing any kind of like real physio on it. But for them to help with some therapeutic stuff. So like acupuncture for the pain, maybe getting them to put their industrial heat. Um, they have like the, what do they call them? Like their version of a heating pad, you know, putting their heat, heat element on it. Um, and maybe a little bit of massage and stuff to kind of get the pain to go away. Cause said the most important thing is to reduce the inflammation, reduce the pain. And then after that has settled down, then we can look at doing some real physio. Because the thing you want to avoid, and this is why we listen to doctors, folks. I'm not a shoulder expert. I'm not a knee expert. I'm not a physician. And that's why we go to the doctor. And when the doctors say X, you know, sometimes you get a second opinion. So now I find that with the shoulder that I probably shouldn't have gotten steroid injection in the the elbow, but the shoulder was a good idea. And this is why it's important that physicians keep up themselves with emerging uh, information and data and so on. Right. So you got to, you know, work with physicians who believe in continuing to upgrade themselves and so on. But, um, you know, he was saying that the reason why you don't want to do anything aggressive with the shoulder like physio right now is because you will end up creating scar tissue. And he said, that will be the worst thing that you can do right now. So just rest it. Uh, consider a second injection, you know, that will be a guided injection. And, um, you know, take it from there. Yes, Miss Sue, it's amazing what heat and cold can do to pain. So sometimes for certain things they recommend, like an ice pack and so forth. Like my foot, they're always saying use an ice pack because that helps with the inflammation, right? Um, You guys know I had an ankle issue and I've got, I've got a lot of uh, foot pain because I am a heavy walker. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but number one, I'm a good 50 pounds overweight, believe it or not. People never believe me when I say that. And I'm like, yeah, I could do with losing at least 50 to 75 pounds. Legit. I remember my weight was in high school and that was probably my ideal weight. I'm not really a, a small bone person, but I'm also not Knowing where I was, I'm also not, um, I'm also not like a, you know, like if I took the weight off, you'd be surprised. Like, oh, there's a skinny version of Sandy in there. There really is somewhere. (laughs) Um, But yes, uh, i tell you what, heat does wonders for me. Cold, sometimes I find that it helps. But for me, I find that heat does so much more. So even when they say, oh, put on a cold, pad or a cold whatever. And I'm just like, you know, I prefer the heat. Like I feel like I get more relief from the heat. But I do know that in certain um areas they say that the cold helps to reduce the inflammation and to bring it down. Have you ever used one of those cold those cold compacts, compost, compacts, compacts? And forgot it. I did that on my chest once and I got um <laughs> this is so crazy. But I got like um what's it called? Like freezer burn, like the ice burn or whatever on my chest. Like I think I finally went away, but it was like all uh, like frostbitten, right? Because I was having something that they call costochondritis, which you you kind of feel like you're having a heart attack a little bit, but it's actually inflammation in the chest wall, like around the ribs and whatever. So you, you can get it in this muscle that runs along the chest wall. And so the first time I had, I was like, oh my God, this doesn't feel good. Uh, you go to the doctor and they check everything. They say, it's not your heart. It's actually the, the. is it the muscle? But whatever that's in there, I'll tell you what it is. Let me give you a proper analysis. Because right now I feel like I'm talking pure, pure foolishness it's called costroendritus. Hmm. So it's a medical term for inflammation of the cartilage that joins your ribs in the breastbone, which is the sternum. This area is known as the costal chondri- chondral joint and cartilage is tough, but flexible connective tissue found throughout the body, uh, including the joints in between bones. So the weird thing about it is it's in such an unusual position that you're, let me just show you exactly where it is, right? Your initial inclination is that, OMG, this is my heart. Because look at where it's at. It's like right in there. So I tend to get it, I think, higher up, like that first little rib or second little rib there. So again, because it's right there, my initial thought is, OMG, is this heart related? (laughs) And so I've been reassured uh, based on the symptoms and everything else it's not. So pain relievers help. Obviously, I try not to take uh, too much of the way of pain relievers, but also what I found, believe it or not, is just a gentle massage. This sounds really weird, but when my therapist did it, um, I got relief from that. And some of the doctors were like, oh, I don't know, I wouldn't really massage it. I just leave it alone or whatever. But I found that just a gentle like rubbing of the chest wall. Um, really, really helped me significantly. And, you know, they were also recommending um, a little bit of, um, like I put an ice pack on it to help. And you know what is so incredibly interesting? The ice pack, yes, I was using it one day and I fell asleep on the sofa with the ice pack on me. And then I woke up with like burns all over. Like freeze burns, um, frostbite, whatever the heck the the medical term is for it, all in my chest. I was like, oh, my God, what happened? It was discolored. Like I said, eventually it went away, but it was like discolored and everything. It was super weird. Uh, But, yes, back to Miss Sue's point, I do find that a heat pad or heat, even just hot showering and stuff like that, really um, does a lot for me. So apparently you can get this acute costochondritis after straining, coughing, weightlifting. I can assure you I wasn't weightlifting, but what I came to realize might have been happening to me in this again, you know, we're doing stuff to our bodies and sometimes we're just not recognizing even what we're doing after I had the baby, you know, she'd be in her car seat. And so she had one of those, like her first car seat was one where I took out the entire, like, park that she was in, I would take that out with the baby. So I didn't just have to take the baby out, I could take that out with her. And in some respects it was easier, but I was constantly using the same side of the car and constantly doing it the same way. So you have to be cognizant of, yes, I'm right-handed, that's my dominant hand, that's my dominant side. But your left side, and I think this is why I'm having so many issues on the left, become substantially weaker if you're not um, doing anything with it, like you got to balance and make sure that, um... oh, that's Miss Maria's suggesting tiger bomb. Yes, therapeutic exercises. Um, So yeah, you've got to recognize that this side, whatever your non-dominant side is, tends to be weaker. So listen, you know, I'm following the doctor's advice and I'm not doing any, exercises right now until we actually get the pain under control. But that's what kind of kicked off my, um, costochondritis is taking the baby in and out of the car on the same side all the time. Not even being conscious of the fact that if I do that five times a day, you know, I drop her off at daycare, I pick her up at daycare, we go out somewhere like, you know, back and forth, back and forth, in and out, in and out. Um, and I'm using that same side. I'm overusing it. So I, I, need to start trying to use the other side a little bit more because that other side invariably um, becomes weaker. And Shannon says that she's had this um, chondritis thing or whatever it's called. And it's very painful. It is, it is. And you don't appreciate probably how much your chest wall does or how much not being in pain with your chest wall is such a good thing until you actually have pain. Pain is amazing, isn't it? Like we jump up every morning. You jump out of bed. You feel good. You're just going and hustling, whatever. And then something goes away. like the, the shoulder, the knee, the elbow. And you're like, ah, who knew that tennis elbow could be so painful? Who knew that shoulder pain could be so painful? You know, knee pain. You know how much you use your knees every time you get up and down and uh, even when you're sitting? Trust me, it's no joke. But yes, I have... Um, Maria, been using heat. Um, so Cece wants to manipulate my arm again. I will give CC some credit because when she did it the last time, I had a couple months of relief. But based on what the doctor's saying, I didn't want to do anything um, like that again to the arm because that would be creating the scar tissue that will then be long-term the worst uh, situation anyway folks listen we do what we can we're all getting older you know as you start to push that 50 that we're coming up on um it's gonna be it's gonna be uh things will start to happen. Let's just put it that way. And we have to do everything in our power to counter it. So yes, I should be exercising. The gym awaits me like my home gym, like literally 20 steps away. awaits me. Um, You know, I should be eating healthier. I should be doing all sorts of things that would encourage non-inflammation in the body. Cece says the doctors just want money. Well, you know, they do get paid money, but they also come with a degree of expertise, um, Cece. So as much as much as I want to believe that uh, you are an expert, you're not an expert on this, not at all. Um, but I do appreciate uh, that um, your maneuver helped, although I swore that at first I'd broken my shoulder thanks to CC, but it did appear to help um, somewhat, but yeah, super interesting. We all rely on experts folks. They go to school for a million years to be able to give us some insights. Not that they always get it wrong. Of course, sometimes, um, you know, things are misdiagnosed or whatever. Um, so yes. Um, thank you so much, Maria. And then the cold, I think helps to decrease the inflammation. Uh, and there's a lot of things that you can do. So for example, I said to the doctor, you know, I have had really good luck with shockwave therapy for my ankle and that the podiatrist said that that has actually proven to be extremely, Effective for what I was suffering from, which was this chronic ankle situation. And it really is the only thing that has given me relief after suffering for years. I, I should get back and start doing it again. But right now, I feel like I'm pain free. I'm just going to stretch it and whatever. Right. So, um, he, uh, when I was talking to the shoulder doctor, I said, listen, I've done, you know, shockwave therapy before on other areas. Is this something that could help my shoulder? And he said, no. He said, you don't want to do shockwave therapy um, on a shoulder. And then he told me medically why. And these are the reasons why, you know, we rely on experts. So whether it's COVID advice or other things, I'm more inclined to um, take advice from someone who's actually even studied medicine. When you watch the piece that we're going to air tonight at 830, there's a lady in that who's calling herself a doctor, Dr. So-and-so. And the woman has no medical training. She's no PhD. Like, she's not even a doctor. These people just throw whatever onto their name, claims that, oh, she's done enough research. So, therefore, she knows more than doctors. And it's like, what kind of research and who has tested your knowledge? You know, don't be anti science, folks. One of the reasons why the human race has lived as long as we have and have made it this far is because we have embraced technology, whether it was using the original rock and and putting it with a little splinter to make a hammer. We understand uh, tools, technology, and so on, computer science, medical science, all these things which have made our lives substantially better. And to think that there is this overall kickback against it really is disturbing to me. Because as everybody says, when you do finally catch COVID and you get sick, you're behind not staying home and treating yourself. You're going to jump up and uh, go to the doctor's office, right? In the hospital and take up hospital beds. There's another very interesting um, article um, out of uh, some Fox News, um, Tampa or something. But it was this... um, this pastor and his wife and, um, she kept saying to her husband, you know, go get vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. And of course he wouldn't do it. And now he's been on a ventilator since I think August the 16th or something like that. And it doesn't look like he's going to make it. Unfortunately, he's probably, um, going to die. And she said, you know, I kept trying to tell my husband, um, his logic, which was, um, What did he say that he um, she says he bought into all the conspiracy theories that were saying somehow vaccinations are a way to infiltrate bad things into your bloodstream control and freedom. And my daughter and I used to tease him all the time, saying, you know, there's no freedom if you're dead. Um, And now he's he's going that direction, unfortunately. Let me let me play this for you, because I think this is. Very, very interesting. Uh, Let me see if I can pull it out here. Mm -hmm. So another person um, who was anti-everything in terms of vaccination, now, unfortunately, um, on death's door. Have a look at this. My
8: husband is very sick right now. I have a 13-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter. I just dropped my daughter to college last Friday without her daddy. My son's 13 years old. And this morning, we were praying, and he's been really, really strong about accepting whatever God's will is. And this morning he said, Lord, I accept your will, I accept your decision, but man, I'm 13, I don't want to grow up without a dad. That broke me, guys. If you are one of those individuals that absolutely is against vaccination and you and you think that COVID is a hoax, that is it's not real, and then, and, and, if, and if you are very sad, I'm, I'm never, doesn't matter what I share with you, I am never going to change your mind. My husband refused to vaccinate. We begged him, we asked him, my daughter asked him, I asked him, my son asked him, even when he made the, the appointment for his vaccination, which was right before we got sick, he asked him, My husband said, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. They put him on a cannula respirator. That was not enough. Then they put him on a BiPAP, which is a little bit more interesting that that did not work. And then he collapsed again uh, while trying to go to the bathroom. And they had no other option but to incubate him and induced him into a coma. They have used all the medications available He's under the care of excellent physicians. I am thinking that every day, because for me, they are heroes without tapes. The bottom line is the doctors believe that they've done as much as they can do for my husband. But if you have not getting your vaccinations, you <laughs> I got my vaccination, I'm okay my 18 year old old daughter got the vaccination she's okay our 13 year old son already got half of the immunization. He's about to get the second one he's okay we all got COVID with the exception of my daughter for my son and I it was just like a regular cold my husband is fighting for his life if this doesn't convince you I don't know what will please get vaccinated
4: Wow, it is uh, it is very, very difficult to watch, um, you know, more and more of uh, these people begging based on their own experiences to please get vaccinated. I mean, you see that image um, of her husband there t- just connected to, I don't even know what all those things are, right? Um, after 20 something years of marriage, they have two children, um, an 18 year old daughter who's now gone off to university he didn't get to experience that. Um, I sadly say that I think he's not going to make it. Um, we will certainly keep an eye on his situation, but, um, you know, in addition to him missing all of these life events, you know, he's not going to be there when she gets married or when she has kids or, you know, his 13 year old is still so young. And he's saying that I don't want to grow up without my dad. And, um, it really is hard to see. And I, I I see people, even in this community, folks, who are refusing to listen to good medical science. And I have to tell you, I find it so disturbing because I know that, you know, in the U.S., you know, over half a million people have died as a result of COVID. But in Cayman, you even have five people dying because of COVID. It is going to be a significant toll on this community because we are so connected to everybody. Everybody knows everybody and, oh, that was my friend, right? It's like normally you have six degrees of separation. And in this country, it's like two or three degrees of separation in terms of how we're connected just because of our sides. And so the devastation that will be caused in this country by deaths and by a COVID outbreak is gonna be um, nothing short of, of devastating for all of us. People will lose their lives. And there's, there's. I mean, I keep hearing people say, well, just never open up again. How, how, how will that ever be a possibility? We're going to have to, unfortunately, learn to live with COVID um, as best we can. And our only glimmer of hope, it's not perfection, it's a glimmer of hope. Uh, is this vaccine, and if it me, if it simply means that you will not end up on, in a medically endosed coma or dead, then to me that's that's something, and that's a lot actually. You know, so I'm very very disturbed when I hear people saying, um, "Oh well, you're still gonna catch it," and I said, "Yeah, you might still catch it, but you know." the chances of you catching it are reduced, even if it's just 50%. But more importantly, um, the chances of you dying from this are reduced. You know, it's just, yes, Al, because there are so many cases out there. We have not had to repeat a single case of, um, you know, like, oh, we're showing the same video again, because it's, countless cases over and over again. If you have not seen enough headlines of, oh, this anti-vaxxer finally catches COVID, this anti-vaxxer, you know, finally um, being killed or or dying from COVID and whatever. It's like, I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, honestly, you know, it's half a million people have actually been killed, folks. And that's a lot in one country alone. You know, I I watch um, one of my Facebook friends, and I hope Terry doesn't mind me saying this, um, Terry Marin, right? Let me just, um, she has lost a number of friends. She's originally from the States. And Terry has lost a number of friends uh, to COVID already, a number of friends, which is just shocking. On August the 31st, she posted again, so many of my friends have COVID at the moment and I'm holding them all close to my heart, especially the mother of two of my friends, Christy and Kim, praying and believing that she will pull through. And there've been numerous posts from Terry um, about her friends who have actually died because of COVID. So this, this isn't a joke. This isn't something that we can be so removed from Um, that we don't understand that this is impacting people. Every single time you lose someone that was a friend, a family member, you know, friend of a friend or whatever, that has an impact on the lives of the people that you love and even you. I mean, it's just, I think that we've had the luxury of pretending that COVID doesn't exist because it hasn't hit home yet. But it doesn't mean that that's the case for everyone. You know, Terry still has a lot of connections with people in the U.S., her friends and family members. And as a result of that, um, she has experienced, um, you know, she has experienced what COVID is doing to her American family and her American friends. August 12th, she put up a post that says, um, you know, rest in, pre- in peace, beautiful Martha, August the 12th, another one, rest in peace, uh, Tim. These are people, August the 9th, she says, COVID has caused the death of another of my high school friends and it just breaks my heart. She was such a beautiful soul. I, I, I mean, Terry is only one person and she personally has lost a number of friends. This is, it's nothing to joke about. And when I see some of the flippant remarks and comments and stuff that people came in, are just posting up like I really am um, dumbfounded by it, and um, I can't wrap my head around it. And so, yes, Al, there's a lot of sad stories. Imagine if we had to report um, on every COVID death in America. All, let me see what what number are we up to. All six hundred forty-two thousand of those, right? every single person that has gotten COVID and that has died. Imagine if we had to report on all those deaths. Every single person has a family member, they're connected to someone. That is devastating, 642,000 people. And by the way, that's an underestimate depending on which statistical information you believe um, by anywhere from one to 10 times, right? So it's more than that, that's a conservative number. People have lost an entire family has been wiped out. Entire families have been wiped out. Three, four, five, mother, father, son, like everybody in the family. And multiple generations just wiped out by COVID. And so if you guys don't understand where my passion comes from, imagine having somebody came out, a family came in, where the entire family is wiped out. The parents, the children, like. You know, you know how devastating that would be for our community? And so that's why I stand where I stand and tell you guys, there's no 100% guarantees. There's no 100% protection, but you have something. Shield yourself with what is available. You know, stop buying into all of this foolishness about, oh, this person claims that they're a doctor and they don't even have a medical degree, but yet they're going to tell you how it is. None of you have spoken to anyone who actually has had COVID. I bet you, not a single one of you have had, that's not a luxury, that is a disastrous situation. You know, I know people who've had mild cases of it, and we're going to be doing an interview here soon with a Kimanian who has had COVID. We need to understand that we don't have to experience it to not be able to sympathize with other people who have gone through it. And so I'm passionate about it. These stories every single time bring me to tears. Like I am literally torn up about it because I feel that woman's pain. I can't just sit in the Cayman Islands and pretend that people are not dying all over the world from this. Children, now it's attacking people younger and children and pregnant women are at particular risk right now. And it's because people around them will not get vaccinated. And this whole thing that, well, it's my personal choice and I don't care about anybody else. You know, it's great that you have the luxury of being so incredibly selfish. And one of the things of that video tonight that I'm gonna show is how Whooping cough has come back with a vengeance in Australia because of this anti-vaccination movement and because people are refusing to get vaccinated. Whooping cough is killing and disfiguring babies, right? And it comes back to this exact same idea of mistrust of medicine, mistrust of vaccines and believing in people and their crack science where you have no reason to believe in them. This woman who's calling herself a doctor actually got up and left the interview because it was put to her because of the misinformation that you're putting out there, you are causing people to not vaccinate their children, and that is killing babies. Do you not feel a way about that? You know, she couldn't even answer the question. She stood up, and she's like, oh, I'm insulted. Um, tell, um, have those parents call me so we can really see if that's what the child died from. What the, f- what the actual F? You are not even a medical doctor woman. Oh, these parents who just lost a child must call you and your crackpot self so you can tell them that, oh, your child didn't actually die of whooping cough. Oh, I need to review medical records. I'm not a doctor, but I need to review the medical records of your child and traumatize you even more by telling you that your child didn't die of whooping cough. It's like, what? And these are the people... And this is the information that we want to propagate and put out there in the public domain. And you want to believe and you guys are spreading. I mean, I feel for our people, the human race is getting dumber by the minute. Imagine I had to put up a post late last night because this has been circulating. (sighs) Right? This headline, I'm sure you guys have seen it. And this is just, it just really makes me sick. Um, Bill Gates calls withdrawal of all COVID-19 vaccines. The first person that sent this to me, sent it to me on Sunday. And I immediately knew that it was fake news. But let me tell you, these people will believe any and everything, right? So I said, the person who sent it to me, I said, is this not obviously fake to you? You know, I looked at the website and I was like, "Uh, this is a fake news website. Marivipos.com. I was like, really, woman? You're sending me this foolishness. But this is what we do. This is what's going to be sent around. Uh, You know, this is what we're going to believe. We're not going to believe medical science. But we're going to believe this crack article. And here's the irony of this belief. Let me just pull this out for a second. Let me show you something. This, this is where logic just doesn't entertain certain people. Um, it just doesn't enter. We need to have up a warning sign with certain people walk around in this community. Logic does not enter their brain, right? Now, they send me this. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Uh-huh. Bill Gates calls for the draw of all COVID-19 vaccines. All right. These are the same people. And I'm telling you, because this person has sent me so much foolishness that I know for a fact, these are the same people, folks, who have been sending me all of these conspiracy theories about Bill Gates. So I'm just like, okay, the man you claim wants to microchip you. The man you claim wants to kill everybody in Africa. I don't know what he's going to gain from that, but he wants to kill everybody in Africa. He wants to kill all black people, right? You believed those things about Bill Gates. You've had these theories in your head. You now believe, let me just understand this, that he is calling for withdrawal of all COVID-19 vaccines. And this is what you're circulating. Like, are you for real? Oh, all of a sudden, a man who wanted to microchip you and who was paying for vaccines, according to people, to get in your system now is saying that, quote, they are far more dangerous than anyone imagined. Wow. Are you you for real? You can believe two completely opposing viewpoints about Bill Gates because they both fit this crazy ass narrative of yours. They don't fit logic. You understand? This doesn't make any sense. Even if you are a conspiracy theorist, on the one hand, you believed that he wanted to microchip you, would you actually believe now that he's had a change of heart because the vaccine is dangerous? Why would Bill Gates care if it was dangerous, if his objective is just to get you microchipped? When I tell you it makes no sense. So here's the facts it's a complete fabrication, okay? This other publication, this wasn't the one that originally started it, but this other publication, the Daily Exposé has actually admitted that this story is fake. So they've admitted, they said it's a piece of satire, but they put that all the way at the bottom of the article, of the fake article, And y'all know you're not reading past the headline. And now you're spreading this around like this is real information. This is not satire. This isn't funny. This is what confuses people who are easily confused. Wow. Then they say that um, the rest is factual. No, it's not. Completely fictional. There was no such proof, no such speech. The Gates Foundation has not established any funds to compensate any vaccine victim or to make available effective, inexpensive COVID-19 remedies. All of that is a lie. The entire article is a fabrication. It's just, it's just shocking. But this is what's trending right now, believe it or not. This is what people are sending me on WhatsApp and what they're posting on Facebook for us to believe. Because the man you should never trust before, because he wanted to microchip you and he wanted to kill Black people. You must now trust because he says, listen to how stupid this is. Now you can trust him because he's saying that um, all vaccines are bad. But I didn't trust him before if I'm an anti-vaxxer. So now why would I trust him? It it, it makes no logical sense. I'm, I'm so... My brain, when I tell you that my brain literally, if there's such a thing as a brain hurt, not a headache, but your brain just hurts from the stupidness that you have to engage in every single day with people who want to believe this stuff. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now we must believe Bill Gates as though he carries some degree of credibility amongst anti-vaxxers. Like, it just doesn't even make any sense. Anyway, folks, um, I don't know what to say. So let's talk about some other stuff locally. Thank you, uh, Elaine. She says local civil criminal QC needed that will actually do pro bono occasionally, work in the Cayman Islands. Uh, uh, Recover will do it for personal injury cases. Um, It's not really considered pro bono though, but it is the law now that they can um, charge you because before the law didn't even allow them to enter into pro bono arrangement with you. Can you believe that? But the law has been changed that will allow them to um, recover their fees when you recover. So if it's that type of injury, my dear, which falls under the civil category, you can certainly reach out to the folks over at Recover and they will assist you. Criminal lawyers, you do have the option of um, seeking financial, um, what's it called, legal aid. But of course, that is subject to approval. And um, I don't really know. They say they use a financial criteria. Um, All I can say is, you know, you try your luck. Uh, There's certain types of criminal cases that you um, have the right to apply. I don't think they necessarily have to approve it, but at least you apply. Now they have Darlene Oku over there, who's a former, um, what is she? uh, Criminal prosecutor working in the legal aid office. Anyway, big shout out to your friends over at uh, Miracle Brokers, folks. If you are in the Filipino community, this is your last chance to get your Filipino boxes arranged. All right, folks. So um, please reach out to the team, Romy, over at Miracle Brokers. You can actually WhatsApp them as well. They have a nice WhatsApp number. We can send them your queries and your messages. And um, you know, this is a deadline, September, because believe it or not, we're in the last quarter now of the year. It's all downhill before Christmas, folks. So (laughs) ensure that you um, you get yourselves organized for Christmas. And speaking of Christmas. I mean, I know it's hard to believe that Christmas is right around the corner, but it is. I know my brain is already like, what? Christmas? Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Start thinking about your Christmas trees. Check them out Wonderland Christmas trees, folks. Um, they donate. This is some of the stuff that they did last year um, donating funds to Feeder Future and Meals on Wheels, christmastrees.ky. Check them out, folks. You can order your Christmas trees, pre-order your tree early if you wish to have a live tree. Now, I gotta tell you, there's something special about having a live Christmas tree. And I'm one of those people who love me a live Christmas tree. It can be a little bit messy. And if you have a dog, make sure the dog doesn't eat the pine, the little things that come off the tree. But um, they just add a certain aura to your festivities. I love a live Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's hard getting one here. So order your Christmas trees early. Um, Contact our friends over there at Wonderland Christmas Trees. Pre-order them. They're going to have all sorts of, um, you know, they'll have it set up where you can go and select the tree that you want. You can tell them what size you want. All that fantabulous stuff. So it's not too early to start thinking about Christmas. And trust me, we have been using Santa around here for a couple of years to keep a certain little one in check. And just yesterday, I was like, girl, don't let me have to call Santa. She's like, no, 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 don't call Santa. You know, I got him a speed dial just in case you all need to know. But um, yes, so start to make your preparations for the holidays. It's literally right around the corner. I mean, September already, October, November, December, that's it. Christmas is going to be here. Wow. Went by quickly. Um, some of you have had some questions about uh, Alden McLaughlin getting this designation as QC. We've sent a few questions before I address this. I want to have a bit more information, but I'm just letting you know there's a reason why I haven't touched the subject. Right. Um, and the reason why quite frankly is because I need some more information because I'm a little bit confused, um about what's happening and so with without the information I can't say much because I don't want to I don't want to criticize him just for the sake of criticizing him or not even him because it isn't about him it's whoever made this decision to designate him as a QC so permit me to get some more information I might have the answers today I have sent them off as of yesterday so I'm waiting on the chief justice and the judiciary to get back to me once the questions or the answers have been received, then we can have a much fuller discussion on uh, this last batch of QCs that have been designated, including the former Premier of the Cayman Islands, Mr. Alvin McLaughlin, who's a non-practicing attorney. It does seem very, very peculiar and weird, but let's get the facts beforehand. I, said, I, I was speaking to someone last night big shout out to um, Craig Marin. And he said, Sandy, you know, I don't always get to listen to your show, but the times that I do listen, I must say that um, you have really gained the respect of a lot of people in the community because you don't just like some other people who remain unnamed, just shoot off of the mouth for the sake of shooting off of the mouth. You know, you try to do your research, you come with your facts and you present what you, even if it's just your opinion, you present it in such a way that really gains you a lot of respect. And I said, wow, I said, thank you. Um, coming from Craig. That's a high compliment because Craig, I feel like he doesn't really compliment people a lot, but he always tells the truth, which is the most important thing. right? So I thought to myself, hmm, coming from him, thats I really appreciate that. Um, and so sometimes it's not always about just being uh, sensational, just for the sake of being sensational, and um, to get views. It's about bringing the hard cold truth to the table, which means get your facts in order, right? And even if you have facts and then you want to say, well, this is why I still don't agree with it, that's a whole different situation. But let's get the facts in order first. Now, I did make an observation Um, yesterday, and you guys know already how I feel about this, because we all have jobs, right? We have to show up, even when you are self-employed, when you work for yourself, uh, you have an obligation to do things for your clients, and you have to show up for your clients and so forth. So yesterday when I was watching the legislative assembly proceedings, I did notice um, that once again, the premier was missing. He showed up right before the lunch break. And then he made his presence known, quite ironically enough, by taking a jab at poor um, Minister of Tourism, um, Kenneth Bryan. And so I thought that that was so interesting. It's like he he needed to let people know all of a sudden that, oh, al is in the house. But with all due respect, the representative for, where is he, Red Bay, uh, we noticed your, your lack of attendance a lot these days and here he is missing yet again Mm-mm-mm. as they say you have one job show up on time what else are you doing hanging out in the farm in east end that's not what the people of cayman islands are paying you for you know we're not business with that you're being paid to represent the people of this country and to give them a voice uh huh. And what that means is, sir, you first need to show up. So the posturing and the grandstanding after he showed up was most interesting, but it only made us pay attention even more to the fact that you either don't show up or you show up right before lunch and you're always late. Show up on time, have a little respect for the people. You know, they know when the public accounts committee is meeting folks. Um, It's not like you get an invitation just the day before. They have the agenda set. They know what's on the agenda. And, you know, you clear your calendar um, accordingly. And you show up accordingly. That's how I see it. Most of you would be fired if you didn't show up for your job or if you showed up late. Even me, you know, I have a client meeting. If I'm running late, I message the client, "Mm, I'm running a little bit late. No problem. Mm -hmm. So folks, do better. You're representing the people. We're paying you a handsome salary. Although you're not a minister, you're still getting a a very good salary. And the very least that you can do is just to show up. Pretend like you care. Right? That's all I want to say about that. And we will continue to watch yes big bucks for Wah. that's a good question we will continue folks to um to watch his attendance um All right, folks, um, so we have lost a member of the Filipino community, uh um, the Canadian community, my apologies. I was just typing something there. We have lost a member of um, the community um, who was uh, a former political candidate, an architect, a businessman, um, very, very much involved um, in the community. If you have not heard um, the sad news Um, You know, it's already, we heard it yesterday and it's already been um, on social media for a minute now, people giving their condolences. We actually haven't put anything um, up on the website as yet because we were actually reaching out to the family to see, you know, sort of um, if they wanted to give any sort of a comment or anything like that. But unfortunately, um, Burns Connolly has passed away. He was the owner and managing director of the Burns Connolly Group. He was formerly a managing director at OBM. Um, He was an architect that was well-respected for a lot of the um, projects that he worked on here in the Cayman Islands. And uh, it's very, very sad to announce um, that he has indeed um, passed away. Um, I think people who knew him, you know, always said that he was a very jovial person. He was a very kind person. And so we just wanted to extend our condolences to his family, Uh, even at this stage. um, We know that this is a very difficult time for his entire family, without a doubt, and his wife and children. So we will, um, I suppose, have more information a little bit later on about uh, the body of work that he leaves behind and the many, many things that he accomplished because oftentimes uh, when we appreciate someone is when they're no longer here. And then we recognize that, wow, this person was incredibly valuable to the community. So good morning to Marcia. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good morning, Ms. Sue. So I wanted to spend um, the last portion of today's program talking about, uh, we did a series of we're doing a series of educational videos and we played this one last night, but I think it is worth um, playing again during the program. Thank you, Marcy. I'm sure his family appreciates that. Um, about who, who you vaccinated for. So in other words, um, what is the reason or who is the reason I should say, not even what is the reason, but who is the reason um, for you getting uh, vaccinated. So sometimes we are getting vaccinated for ourselves. Other times we are getting vaccinated for um, other people. Um, and so this is the first of a couple different interviews that we have done uh, that we're working on. I should say this is the first completed one. And I thought it was very interesting to hear why people are doing it. Who are they getting vaccinated for? And so take a few minutes. You, got, you really want to stay tuned for the entirety of this video because the very last one, um, I must tell you, is actually the most uh, interesting and entertaining one. So Darlene says, with no disrespect, this is the reason referendum must be done uh, right away for term limit to be set for parliament for all of our MPs. Well, here's the thing about um, that situation, Darlene. It appears to me... That the reason why Alden has checked out, because he has literally checked out, is because he's not in power. Because he didn't get back in with his government. He kind of doesn't care. If he'd gotten back in, it was all about, ooh, all eyes on me. Am I not pretty with my slick back hair and whatever? And I'm getting chaperoned around and, you know. So I'm sure he would have been deputy premier had they gotten back in, you see. So, you know, he'd become accustomed to certain lifestyle. And so I think not having that lifestyle has hit him hard. Maybe he's going through a bit of depression, but the people don't care about that. The people are like, get on with our business. Thank you, Ms. Carol. Ms. Carol says, oh no, we went to Knox College in Jamaica together and he was such a sweet person. Derek um, sends his condolences to his friends and family members. All right, folks, so stay tuned for this. Um, This will take up the remainder of the program and then we'll just come back and um, say say our goodbyes until tomorrow.
5: Well, Sandra, I used to, and still do, actually, haven't done it yet this year, (laughs) so I'm a bit late with this one. But I used to take the um, flu vaccine every year. I did it for me because I hate feeling sick. I hate losing productivity. But this vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine that we have been given by the UK um, for COVID-19, is a vaccine that I decided to take not just for me, but for everybody in my country, my family, my friends, um, young people, children, the entire country. I felt like I had to. I had to be a part of the solution, and I feel like this vaccine is the one tool that we have to help the country address this issue, this this um, public health. Um, problem, public health crisis that we have Mm -hmm. in terms of COVID-19. It is the one tool that the world really has. Yes, there are other vaccines. Um, This is the one we have. This happens to be one that has one of the highest rates of efficacy. And I feel that it is an obligation as a citizen of this country Mm -hmm. um, and obviously even more so now as a as an elected representative from my constituency, as well as um, premier of the country, uh, it's even more of an obligation now to set the right example um, and to take this vaccine and encourage others to take the vaccine so that we can utilize this as a tool to help us get our country back on track, get our economy reopened, get our borders reopened um, safely. Is it going to be easy? no is it going to be a challenge yes do people have legitimate reasons to question um, and to you know seek answers yes please do please talk to your doctors talk to friends even but don't consult um, people who are sent to you but on videos off YouTube and whatnot you don't know who these people are Mm. talk to the people that you know talk to your doctors Talk to the people you trust. Mm-hmm. These are the people who should be giving you advice and answers on this.
3: I am, um, this might sound hokey, I suppose, this is but I'm vaccinating for Cayman. I don't have any specific person that okay. I'm vaccinating for. Um, and anybody who knows me knows I have to tell a story. So I'll tell a very short story. Back um, last year, in the sort of midst of this, when I was chamber president, and we were meeting with cabinet on COVID matters, um, the premier asked, "Would you take the vaccine?" Um, and immediately I said, "No, I wouldn't," mm. um, because it was it was new and actually wasn't even out yet, but or it was close to that point. Um, but then he looked at us as a chamber team and said, well, but this is not really just you. This is the whole country. We don't get enough vaccines. Um, how do we open the country? And it caused me to pause and mm-hmm. say, wow, this is really not just about me. Mm-hmm. This is about everyone, the whole the whole country. So I took that, I left there, I left that that meeting and uh, went back and thought about that and talked about it with, with family and friends. And mm-hmm. um, so at the end of the day, I, I believe I'm not just vaccinating for myself mm-hmm. but for our country but they like, typically don't have this conversation with anti-vaxxers because mm-hmm. i think they've made up their mind and they're not really interested mm-hmm. in having the conversation and so fair enough everybody has a right at this stage of the game to to make up their own mind because we haven't gotten into mandates at, at this point so notwithstanding mandates everybody has a right to their own opinion and so leave it at that for those that are hesitant and could sort of go either way um I believe it to be the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give another short story. My um, youngest child had childhood cancer as a Mm -hmm. one-year-old. She's now 13, doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. But of course, when it came time to talk about getting vaccine for her, of course, we had a hesitation. Mm -hmm. Um, Should we give it to her um, as a 13-year-old? So we called her oncologist at Miami Children's, great people. and their unequivocal advice to us were the right thing to do, and, and the protocols that we're extolling are for her to get her vaccine. Mm. Um, and so that was good enough for me that my child who has had cancer and her oncologist tell her that she, the right thing to do is for her to take mm. the vaccine. I believe that this is the right thing to do. And mm. I believe that anybody who's hesitant and who has a chance of, think of, of doing it should get it done.
6: Um, after much thought, uh, and after taking uh, the medical advice from my doctor, I had a bunch of questions and he answered them to the best of his abilities, I felt comfortable enough to proceed. But the primary reason why I got the vaccine was for my family, the the boys. Um, Pilar, she had gone and gotten her vaccine. Um, I thought it was the responsible, I think it's a responsible thing to do, subject to getting professional medical advice. Um, and then, The secondary reason would be I have a mum who's in California, my mum's 71 years old and I need to be able to get to her as soon as possible if God forbid anything bad should happen and I didn't want to have any sort of restrictions that prevented me from being able to travel. Um, So those are the primary reasons and again once I took the advice from my doctor um, I felt really comfortable. Given his years of experience, his knowledge, um, that it was something that uh, that that I could proceed with. All medications come with some sort of you know risk, um, but I chose to listen to professionals as opposed to you know the average person who doesn't understand virology or or isn't a medical professional. I think. Everyone will have their reasons why they do it. Some uh, believe that it's something that must be done if you're being a responsible citizen. There's some people that, for medical reasons, cannot. Um, and there's some people that just don't believe and they think that there's a conspiracy. Speak to a qualified medical professional. Get the best advice from a medical professional. Things on the internet um, can be misleading, but if you have a long standing relationship with your doctor, uh, take their advice, they know what they're talking about, um, and trust them on this in the way that you would trust them for the common cold or any other sort of ailment that you have. But speaking to the relevant medical professional would be the thing that I would suggest everybody does, um, whether it be at the HSA or your private doctor. Get the professional advice and make your decision from there. But understand that uh, you're doing it to safeguard your family, uh, especially young ones that um, aren't able to get vaccinated and go from there.
9: I get vaccinated for myself, for yourself. And then after thinking about it, thought about grandkids, brothers, sisters, you know, family, family members that I'm always around so basically that was it but then thinking going back um i that is my with the two jobs would be my seventh vaccine that i've taken in the past
4: oh really yeah
9: um two when i was growing up in east end young boys we had to take it to go to school and then um, by traveling with the being a manager and, and 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 being part of the delegation traveling with the national football team I took about four different vaccinations to go to South America and various other countries,
4: and it was required for you to travel. Yeah,
9: yeah, to travel. Yeah, to travel. So we were to do anything to get on the plane. Well, guys, especially to the guys, my guys that I, my, my, my guys that maybe have not been vaccinated, guys, these are the same people I understand that make Viagra. Okay. I remember when the Viagra came out, everybody was tripping over, taking this Viagra stuff that was made later on i by visor right Mm -hmm. and even though it was said that many people died of heart attack from overdosing on viagra Mm -hmm. i know hundreds of my friends that are still taking viagra yeah so if visor can make viagra and we don't know what's in that why is it we can't make um take the um the the vaccine to try and save our life from this pandemic
1: A uh, very, very funny point there that um, Graham makes. Like I
4: told you, you needed to stay tuned until the very end because he is hilarious. Um, his point is, um, you know, uh, listen, you know, I'll be taking Viagra and all kind of other stuff. So why not? Uh, very, very interesting. Now, I want to briefly, before we end the program today, talk about a situation that has been brewing for quite some time with an older gentleman who has cancer um, I've received numerous calls during this past week about the um, about the man and his condition, which continue, continues to deteriorate. Uh, people are sending out um, a, sending around a video of him <sighs> I don't even know how to address this, but let me say this much. Back in um, May, before the election, it might have been April, actually, this man, um, it was early May. I'm just looking at some messages here. This man came to my attention because someone contacted me about his condition. I think he's originally from the BRAC. He has some connections to the BRAC. And he has cancer that has disfigured him severely. So his ear and part of his face, right? Different organizations have reached out to him in an attempt to offer him assistance. But he has basically said he went to the hospital, you know, they kind of helped him as much as he can. He would need treatment. He would need um, surgery and different things. And he has said that he doesn't want any. He seems to be competent enough to make these decisions for himself. And he said that he doesn't want any. And so no one can force him. All you anti-vaxxers have been saying this. Well, they can't force me to take a vaccine. Well, they can't force you to take medical treatment. They can't mandate vaccines, but medical treatment you can certainly refuse. If you wish to just die with whatever you have, that is entirely your choice. Um what has been happening recently, I think, is that he's been out in public. So I got a phone call early in the week. Miss Sandra, there's this guy hanging out at the park, at the Airport Park. This is a very disturbing situation to the children um, there. It smells horribly because basically it is cancerous skin that is like rotting. And I don't want to show you the pictures because they're extremely disturbing. I've not watched the videos that people sent me because I don't even know if I can stomach it right now. Um, but I have seen the videos and they are... I'm, I've seen the photo. Someone sent a still photo and it is unbelievable how much he has deteriorated. I mean, his entire face, like it's an open, it's open and it's just, it's horrible. Um, so the person's like, you know, he's staying at the park, like kids are seeing this, they're being exposed to this um, because of his condition. There's an odor, you know, somebody needs to do something. The problem is he doesn't want anybody to do anything for him. So even when people pick him up and take him to the hospital, he will check himself out and just leave. So I don't know what more can be done if he refuses the help. Um, someone just messaged me last night because I this is the person I was dealing with who was trying to help him. One of the people. And I said, her friend is on radar again. And they said, yeah, I know. I couldn't sleep last night after seeing the video. He was hospitalized for quite a while, but walked out, which is what he does. So um, he doesn't want to stay in the hospital, folks. And unfortunately, he looks really, really bad. Now, I don't know who decided to videotape him. But somebody has, and this tape now is in circulation. So ironically, the last time, I think it was the last time or the time before, one of my trips, recent trips to the BRAC, he was actually on that flight and he does groan and moan and make a lot of noises. He had his, he had his face for the flight covered up. Um, he was wearing his mask and he also had the face covered so that he couldn't openly see it. But of course, with the noises and stuff, I'm guessing he's probably in a lot of pain. And the noises and stuff that he's making, a lot of people were like staring at him. And there were some kids on that flight as well. And they were looking at him, trying to figure out like what's his issue kind of thing. He has cancer, folks. And he was refusing to be hospitalized. He doesn't want to be hospitalized, he wants to walk out and about. You know, he had an active life at some point. Um, He was, you know, walking around with his coconuts, doing his little hustle in town for many, many years. Uh, Someone said to me, which I did not know this, and this is news to me, that apparently um, he had access to some money and he'd given some Honduran girl $8,000. I don't know where he got the $8,000 from, but that was probably all his little life savings. And he'd given it to some Honduran girl. I don't know what that was all about. And then another person took $4,000 out of his pension drawdown. Why would anyone be trying to take advantage of this poor man? I have no idea. I don't know if he doesn't have any close relatives or really uh, what the situation is. But it's not a good situation, folks. Um, it is very, very uh, dire and um, I just wanted to give a little bit of back r- background information on this in terms of how I've come to know about it. Um, and yes, I'm aware of his situation from May. I've been trying to uh, intervene in some fashion um, through others, really, not trying to take a lead on this because this really isn't, you know, that type of a situation. But Um, unfortunately it just hasn't, it just hasn't happened. You know, in June, we'd heard, um, there's a rumor circulating June the 6th that he had died. And that rumor thankfully was not true. The man, he's tough. I must say, uh, he is hanging in there. So, um, you know, what we know is that his, his, um, This is how someone described it, because I'm not going to show you the pictures. It was his ear at one point um, that was bleeding, was pretty much dropping off. And um, the doctor took a look at it, and he said that literally uh, you can almost see the inside of him because his face is rotting away from the cancer. Um, He is considered a runner and a hoarder. Um, so that's complicates the situation. You know, arc was trying to help other people trying to help him. I know Kenneth Bryan was trying to provide some assistance, even if they could have gotten him to clean, um, proper accommodations and environment being monitored with medical supplies and food and just making sure at least he takes that, but it presented an issue. Um, he just wouldn't, there's only so much that he would let people do. So at one point he did go to the hospital, but then he just leaves. So, um, in early June, apparently he took a trip to the BRAC visiting family. Like I said, I have seen him since then going to the BRAC. So he seems to be able to, um, get back and forth to Kim and BRAC, um, So, yeah, I don't know. What I would suggest, though, that it probably doesn't help his situation to be circulating the videos of him um, and images of him. Yes, it's one thing to take them for the purposes of getting him help, knowing that he's refusing to take any help. I'm not really sure what putting those out in the public domain will do, because it seems like it is, you know, being put out there with. Um, misinformation as though no one is trying to help him. And he has been offered help. He has been taken to the hospital, put in the hospital. And then I guess when he starts to feel a little bit better, um, he just leaves. Sad situation, folks. I don't know what else to say about it, but I did want to discuss it briefly for the purposes of at least notifying you all that I am very much aware of the situation. I've been aware of it since late April, early May, and people have made some serious attempts to try to assist this gentleman, but to no real avail. It's it's sad. All right, folks, um, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. He's hanging out at the park, I heard, at Airport Park and other places, and people are just finding it very disturbing. But is isn't something that we can find that disturbing, but yet you know, there are people in the hospital who are dying from such ailments and they have um, that's their quality of life. And I guess it's out of sight, out of mind kind of mentality where, you know, if we don't see it, then um, we're not going to worry about it, I guess. I don't know. Following up on a couple of things things at the judiciary for you, as you guys know, this week I was um, in mommy mode kind of full time. So I haven't been to court this week at all. Uh, my daughter does go back to school tomorrow. Yay. Uh, so I might get a chance to go by tomorrow. There's, there's something that has been brought to my attention. Someone that was in court that is sitting on one of the government boards. And people are asking for an update on that. And folks, that's what we're here for. We're just bringing you the information. Bringing you the cold, hard truth. You do with it um, as you wish. You know? And uh, it is what it is. Um we're going to bring you the facts and you can decide whether it's relevant to uh, what's happening or not. Anyway, good people, um, please have a wonderful day. It is Thursday. I can't believe how quickly this week went by. I feel like this week went by pretty fast. Um, Tomorrow is Friday. We're going to have, uh, we need to pick a song. If you have any suggestions from 1991 um, for Blake and Aaron in the morning, send those to us and uh, we will make a recommendation of their throwback friday song 1991 was a good year um, so folks again thank you all so much for tuning in please have yourselves a safe productive wonderful day and we'll be back here tomorrow morning
0: thank you for tuning in to another edition of the cold hard truth Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at Road.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.